to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found at localbarmedia.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Local Bar Media. Same thing over there on the Twitter. Um, and if you, uh, you can, oh, you can download us, all the great places you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, or whatever podcaster of your choice you choose. You can support us, patreon.com slash local bar. I want you to remember uh, the Patreon today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this at the top of the show. We're talking to a buddy of ours today uh, about an event that he is doing. Um, for the next uh, two months, for the next two months, we're going to do, how about this, for uh, June and July, um, all the money that is given to... Um, given to us on our Patreon page, will go to this event. So if you are a big fan of what's going on, if you want to donate, you'll hear a couple of places where you can get involved. But if you just uh, can't remember any of that and want to throw it our way, we will take the next two months of Patreon pledges and put that uh, to the event. More on that here in a second. Um, I saw something in the news today that... <laughs> It, it's, it, was a, it was a little bit crazy, and I, w- I wanted to bring it up uh, just in case. You know, if you haven't, if you've been away, if sports has been out of your life for, for too long now, it's, it's a time of year. I, I have my guest in my show here real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mute you to ask you a question here. Let me bring you in here before I actually formally introduce you. Are, are you, are you a, you're a hockey fan, right? Are, I like hockey, yeah. Okay, but do you follow it? Are you, are you really big into it? I have not been following it as much as I usually do. So. Okay. Yeah, and was it, the playoffs are still going on, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you got hockey, baseball. Are you a baseball fan? A little bit. You know, I usually pick it up after the All-Star break. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's way too long. Way too long. I, I'm starting to be like that now with NBA basketball. It's just it's too long. The college season's fine and everything, but I, I've been missing football. And you've got the draft has already happened in the NFL. All the talk. Now, nobody's going to camp. If anything happens now, it's you know somebody got arrested. But oh my goodness, something happened the other day. I mean, did you hear about the Indianapolis Colts? I have not. This is fantastic. One of the assistant coaches for the Indianapolis Colts here. This is Indianapolis. This is not so. This is not Dallas, where bad things usually happen, criminal activity and stuff like that. Baltimore, and I only say that because of the Hall of Famer Ray Lewis, Hall of Famer for what he did on the football field, and Hall of Famer for how he got out of murdering someone in Atlanta. Um, just kidding, Ray. You always have a spot on the show if you want to come dispute it. Uh, no, no, it's Indianapolis. It's what Peyton Manning helped rebuild Indianapolis. It is, it is as homegrown as you can get. Nothing bad ever happens in Indianapolis with the Colts. Assistant coach, uh, his eight men, eight men pulled up to his house and emptied 12 rounds each into his house. Okay. So this is this is a this is a, a kill squad from some kind of gang or something. I heard Justin Robert Young was talking about this on his show. Th- that twelve rounds apiece. Okay, so uh, according to jury, one of two things could have happened. Number one, uh, the dudes just had a hard time with MapQuest. 
Google Maps sometimes throws you off. They got sent to the wrong house. I, you know, entirely possible. Could have happened. Could have happened. Or that assistant coach needs to sit down and have a talk with someone real quick because he's messed up in a lot of bad stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, again, if this is Dallas, Jerry Jones is already covering it up. It's fine. It'll be nothing in a few weeks. But no, this is this is this is the Indianapolis Colts where nothing bad happens except Peyton Manning leaving town. But no, uh, yeah, if, if you, you know, more and more when I'm, when I'm seeing things happen in the news, the older I get, things that happen to folks are usually direct, directly related to some choice they've made. And every now and then we all get surprised. Like, oh my God, like one of the things that, like, I'll give you an example. I always use Billy Mays as my example. I love Billy Mays. Loved Billy Mays. He was a guy that was over-exuberant, that talked way too loud. My kind of people, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. Guy was a brilliant salesman on QVC. Something that, as a matter of fact, this is a little new fact about me. I've always wanted to give that a try. And some of my friends late night have dared me to get up and give an impression against QVC while it was on, trying to sell whatever product was there. And and they have died laughing because I can outsell the people on QVC. Yeah, I don't do that at my house because I don't want to buy that stuff. Okay. Well, it was just, yeah, I sell it a lot cheaper. It's amazing. Oh, in that case. Um, but... Billy Mays, I love Billy Mays' death. I thought he was fantastic, and, and, and Billy Mays died. He, I don't know if you know this, but he was on a, on a plane uh, flying somewhere, and poor guy had a heart attack and died. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Billy Mays died. And, you know, because you know Billy Mays from the commercials. He's the guy that sold you OxyClean. Like, he, he wants to help your life. Be, he always had a smile on his face. He is probably the nicest guy in the world, and he may have been. I'm, I'm not saying that. But but Billy Mays died from a heart attack because he sure loved the booger sugar a little uh, uh, quite a bit. Oh no way! So uh, just to let you know, being overweight, loving the devil's dandruff, and flying al- al- altitude will mess with you is is really not the combination to live a long life. So so we all get we all like oh my god I can't believe that. Well, you don't you don't really know about celebrities. We we have this idea in our head of what we think they are, and we think they're the nicest people, and some of them may be. But some of them could be the biggest jerk, but because they play nice guys on TV all the time, you, you think they've got to be the nicest guys in real life. Again, nothing wrong with, with Coke users. I'm not saying you can't be a nice guy. Nothing against Billy. I still believe Brother Billy is probably a great guy. However, I don't know that uh, I, don't know that I should be, really be surprised if I knew what his life was. So you have this guy that's a coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Now suddenly I want to buy his autobiography. Like, who cared about – I don't even know what his name is. No one cared about him before. Now I want to know this man's life story. When eight dudes pull up and empty clips into – that's not like we wanted to scare the guy. You, no. You had eight people shooting 12 rounds. They wanted you dead. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's not a – if it glances him and we scare him good enough, no, they want that guy smoked out. Yeah, that's going to be a cable TV documentary yes. very soon. Yes, yes, absolutely is. Uh, it's, it, it, you know, once Chernobyl's off, HBO, HBO is all over this one. This is this is the next one. They're not even going to change the name. It's just <laughs> season right. two. <laughs> that's right. that's like, use the same thing. Um, well, with me this week, I've got uh, I've got someone that I'm, I want to bring on the show. You've already heard his lovely voice, and I'll give him a formal introduction here in just a second. Um, uh, but uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more. About something that kind of has to do with this, 
kind of in a roundabout way in a little bit. Uh, but first, before that, here's my interview with my good buddy, Andrew Evans. We affectionately call him Ace, and I will talk to you on the other side of the break. gentleman who actually was ripping it up with that guitar part right there that you heard on that that was uh, my lord my lord from don merkel's um solo album uh, battle ballad of lincoln ray the one he wrote about his uh, grandfather it's a really cool album with incredible musicians on it including this one sitting here in the studio with me today mr andrew evans ace how you doing buddy i am fantastic thank you for having us on Sean. well thank you for being here so funny story i met ace because of don mm-hmm. uh our friend shelly both both don and shelly have been on the show before um shelly was having a birthday party the cover band that i play in duncan sims was going to play but there's this guy don that had this solo project a bunch of people were mad at him i guess other musicians didn't want to play with him so he needed a keyboard player and so i i said i'd play with him and i Went over, we were going to practice at this dude Ace's house. And I go over, pile up my keyboard, put everything in there, drive all the way over, ring the doorbell, and Ace comes to the door and says, hey, man, yeah, uh, Don didn't make it up from Charleston. Whoops. But you were nice. You're like, you're, you're more than welcome to come in and hang out if you want. I was like, well, that's nice, strange man. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Stranger danger. Uh, needless to say, uh, a week or so later, we all got in, and then uh, over the past couple years, it's weird to think we've known each other for yeah. a couple of years now, uh, formed a good friendship. Uh, Ace is someone who is um, uh, very highly respected in our family. When we talk about the camping trip, stuff with the girls, he's been involved in that, but um, Ace is uh, involved in something uh, that's coming up here that we want to talk about. First, I want I want to talk a little bit about some music stuff. Okay. You you have played, so you've played with Don Y'all were in the band from, from the the folks that know you guys and love you guys, like Shelly, a couple of other folks that know the music business well. You were part of Loch Ness Johnny, which was the band that almost made it. Like that that band was about to make it. And then I guess what, Kevin screwed it up or something. That's generally what happens. I'm not sure. Or... I don't think he can carry all of the blame. You know, I'm <laughs> sure there were some other factors in there, but... But I think we had a really good run. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 the stories I've heard about it are, are fantastic. Pictures I've seen, pretty cool. So, um, Ace does play in a band now, though. And you've played in a bunch yeah. of bands since then. But you play in Cottontown Soul Society. It is a band that uh, uh, you and Shelly have, have been doing for a few years. 
few months now. I mean, you've been work. She's been working on it for quite a while. But getting all the musicians together, you had your first gig about three or four months ago, maybe. Yeah, I think the first gig was in February, and okay, yeah. uh, now we've finally started to get some traction, get a run of shows booked, and so it it's all like just. <clears throat> moving ahead from here you uh you guys will be playing for anyone who is in the columbia south carolina area um may 31st you may guys 31st, will be at foxfield, foxfield. Mm-hmm. best outdoor music venue you're going to find around these parts and uh just a stone's throw from the local bar here is one of our favorite places so that that will be a great place to come and see a show if you're in the area we'll, we'll remind you next week uh come on out i will not be playing so i will probably be buying shots so uh Excellent. Just, just, uh, I'll come find sure. you after the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, they'll be coming up to you on the show. <laughs> now, Ace really is. I've always thought you're a monster guitar player, and I, I, well, I love hearing you play again. I have actually not heard you guys with Cottontown yet, so I'm really stoked about it. Great instrumentalist. Shelly is a wonderful vocalist, and, and she's been around for a long time, knows knows the deal on how to perform on stage. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that show. That's going to be a good one, man. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. The, the caliber of musician in this band – and I'm not talking about myself. I am the weak link. The people I work with are amazing. And I, every time I get to play with them, even at a rehearsal, just watching how they work, how they craft things just blows my mind. I learn something every time I show up. It's phenomenal. Um, and word on the street is that old blacksmith himself, Sidney Mitchell's playing with you guys at this show. Yeah. Um, Sydney's. I don't know. Well, I guess you have to ask Shelly, like, how the band dynamics work because i don't know yeah but i know sydney's gonna do this gig with us i think he's gonna do some others in the future and he's just wildly talented and a ton of fun to play with so i'm excited awesome guy if he shows up but i'm just kidding He'll be there i'm just kidding sydney <laughs> no i'm not no <laughs> sydney sydney's one of my favorite guys i've ever gotten the chance to play with he's an awesome awesome oh, yeah. musician man just one of those guys that instantly makes everything better love being around that guy that and that guy can cook like yeah. there is, oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the first time I was over at your house one night for Super Bowl, and he yeah. just starts cooking. He just goes <laughs> into the freezer, starts cooking, and it's like, like Maria and I are like, do we have to go to the other party? Can't we just stay here? I mean, it was nuts, man. The guy's amazing. Absolutely. You know, now he showed me up in my own kitchen though. I, <laughs> I didn't know. Right, I didn't know what right. to do. I thought I was a good cook, and then Sydney comes in and uses all the same stuff, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, it was like it was like one of those cooking competitions <laughs> in Ace's house, you know. Um, but yeah, you you and Jamie are both amazing cooks as well, and that's that's something else too. But yeah, yeah. Sydney just. See, he's always wanting to one-up people, man. That's, yeah, that's well, I still feel like I kind of won because I got to eat that food. Well, that's true. So, yeah, people liked yours, and you got to eat Sydney. So yeah. that's the that's the jam, yeah. So um, Ace is also uh, Ace is involved in a lot of other things. But you've come across something, though, that is now um, – it grabbed your focus pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, you've got an event that's coming up. Now, so before we get into what the event is all about, describe the event itself and what you're going to go do. Okay, so um, I'm going to hang out, spend the better part of a day with about 50,000 of my closest friends, and we're going to take a little tour in New York, a little foot tour. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to take us several hours, happening November 3rd. You've probably heard of it. It's the largest marathon in the world, the New York City Marathon. Right, right. So Ace is going up 
and going to run that. Now, have you run a marathon before? No, this will be my this first. This is your first. This is my first. This is a heck of a first one, man. Yeah, I'm learning that. <laughs> like, you know, we got one that runs right by here. You can you try it out. I'm mean, like, geez, man. I think it actually does run right by here. Um, you, uh, you did, how long have you been training for this? When, 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 when does the event come up? When is it going to happen? The event is November 3rd. I would say that I officially dropped into training mode about a month ago. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, I've been putting the miles in since then because, of course, you know, when I got in, I immediately hurt my back and spent six weeks not able to run. <laughs> right. So there's nothing like starting from a like zero when you're going for a marathon. So, all right, so talk to me about that real quick. Like, you had these high hopes of, of <laughs> I know in your mind you saw yourself winning for your cause. Like, you somehow trained so well you won. Uh, and then the first thing that happens is not just like your toe gets hurt, your freaking back. Did you suddenly have regrets? Like, you know what? I just can't do this. Or did you just just say, no, there's no way anything's going to stop me from doing this? No, I, I went straight into how do we fix this? Because there's there, it's, there's no way I'm not running this race. Right, right. Gotcha. So you're not just doing it because you're like, huh, you know, there are so many worlds to conquer. I'm going to start with the New York City Marathon. No, you, you, you had a purpose that you found behind this how did that start well it's interesting i i've been wanting to run this race for a number of years being you know from up in that area and you know never done a marathon so i'd apply for the lottery and i wouldn't get in and i'd apply for the lottery and i wouldn't get in and i thought it was just bad luck but i've discovered since then that i think the universe had a larger purpose for me in this marathon okay because this year, for my fifth time in a row, I got the rejection letter from New York Roadrunners. Sorry, you didn't get in the lottery. And I was just frustrated. Yeah. The very next day, I get an email from uh, Runner's World magazine that states that it was actually mathematically more difficult to get into this year's uh, New York City Marathon than it is to get into Johns Hopkins. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> so I felt a little better, and I thought, like, okay, let me just see if there's another way, because that article even said, you know, it's not too late to try and run for charity. And so I log into the Roadrunners website, and they had a little charity database, and it had a search bar. And I said, well, if I'm going to do this for charity, what do I want to raise money for? I punched one word in there. I just wrote music, enter, and education through music popped up so i went to their website started checking out what they do and i said this is a match made in heaven i have to run for you guys this has to happen so you you beat the odds got in i take it you've also gone ahead and applied to medical school since you so got so we, we've already done that came up came across this and it, and it does seem kind of like fate i mean you've got you've got a guy here that has a desire to run this, always wanted to do it. Someone like you who is very uh, passionate about his community. Those that don't know you, 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 you want to be very involved. Um, I've, I've seen you get involved in other things. You and your wife both have beautiful hearts in the way you want to make the world around you better. You can just tell. Um, and then this pops up. And it's great that there's a music thing. That there's a, mm -hmm. hey, here's a music thing that I can, I can, I can, I can run for. But this isn't just any music charity benefit this this is a really unique and very special organization uh, the, these people are amazing what they do is they go to public schools that don't have music programs 
and they will put a music program in there. They recruit and train the teachers. They do the curriculum. They work with the principals and the administrative staff to not just put it in there for a year, but teach them how to make it a sustaining program. So the, the deeper I went into the website, the more excited I got. And it just seems like a phenomenal program. I will probably get this number wrong, but I feel like there were something in the neighborhood of 73,000 kids going to music classes because of this organization last year. And you see things like that, and it's just inspiring, and you want to be yeah. part of it. So um, some quick statistics about them. They're, they're national? They right now are in two markets, New York and L.A. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And um, looking at branching out just depends on how it goes in those areas, I guess. I don't know if expansion is a big thing for them just yet. Um, not, not from what I've seen. I don't really know. I can't speak for them on that front. Right. But, uh, but there's plenty of, there's plenty of work there's to be done in those areas. Plenty there's of opportunity. That. Yeah. yeah. So you, you and I were talking, um, a, a little bit. You got, you got, you got to tell this story because I think it's, you know, both of us, it's kind of funny for me to look at you and say, both of us are musicians. I'm not a musician. <laughs> I'm a clown on stage. I'm a guy there doing magic tricks. People think it's amazing. It's all smoke and mirrors. You're an actual musician. Both of us have had music in our lives for a long time. Um, in fact, we found uh, something very passionate. We're very passionate about it. We get it's what brings a lot of us together. Some of our closest friends we found through through music, and we have a, a kindred spirit towards that. But you you've gotten to do something really amazing with one of your uh, educators before, and it was it was because the deep Christian in you got a call from 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 Jesus. You got a call from actual, you were called by God to do this. And it was an actual landline that rang. It's the craziest thing. But yeah, uh, many years ago, uh, geez, 15 or more now. <laughs> Jesus, what was it, uh, 15? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't go there. Um, but I, I was at work one day and literally got a call from Jesus, or at least a guy playing Jesus on stage in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> And their guitar player in the orchestra had backed out the day before the dress rehearsal. <laughs> so he calls me up and says, you can read music, right? You, you want to play in the orchestra? I said, sure. Took the next day off work, sat down with the score. Now, I got very lucky with this score because I don't know if you've ever seen the score to Jesus no, Christ Superstar. Yeah. The guitar part is awesome because there are entire sections where it says vamp 72 bars. Really? That makes my life a lot easier. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. But it was an amazing production. I think that first run we did like 14 sold out shows. And one of the best parts of it was that the strings teacher from my high school was the bass player in the orchestra. That's amazing. So I got to come back to that town after being gone for a decade and sit down and work as a peer next to somebody who taught me and inspired me all through high school and and it, it was an experience unlike any other it's that that that's absolutely phenomenal i mean whenever you get to do something with especially somebody that was a, an uh, an educator of yours and you get to perform you know as peers together because mm -hmm. of the skill that you both have, obviously, and and your love for for what you do, and to do such a, a, an amazing thing together, like play in the orchestra for this, and this is you you said fourteen, I think it was seventeen sold out shows all together. I'm just I, throwing I, that yeah, out there. I, I do think you're yeah, right. I think I'm right. <laughs> I do my homework before uh, before interviews there, AC. Um, 
Yeah, so I got to, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I had, um, I remember when I was in high school, I had, I had a wonderful middle school professor and then a professor, a teacher. She was, she was awesome. Everybody loved her. Christine Fisher. Everybody loved her. I think she's retiring this year, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went to uh, South Florence. There's this guy, we, we all called him Doc. He was, he was great. And he really pushed all of us to be better. And I remember when I was in the, the, the orchestra, I, we would play sometimes, and you would see. I mean, everybody's in sections, but every now and then someone would have a solo. I remember there was this flute player that was phenomenal. She could just play. It was she was brilliant, and there was this trumpet player that. I mean, everything he played was just gold. And then the trombone player, David Daly, I think he still plays jazz in Augusta. Oh. He's great. He's great. But that trumpet player, I remember he was he was it was phenomenal, and I always knew that that guy was going to go. A little dweeby looking guy, but the girls all loved him. Um, I actually ran into him and played with him. Uh, this the first time you and I ever played together was the really? only time. That's how Mark Rapp and I went to high school together. We were oh, in a band together. No way. And actually, at that <laughs> thing at Shelley's house was the first time we'd seen each other since I was a freshman in high school. Because he's he's Mark doesn't look it, but he's actually older than me. So yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean the the, the education the, the the those bonds that you make in in those formative years through music, not just with. The friendships you have with other musicians, but the teamwork that it takes, the understanding, but really those instructors. Having that was an integral part of, I'm sure, both of, of our lives. Oh, absolutely. I, and I think you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head because it wasn't just about the music because you can make music alone, but you make a lot more and better music when you work with others and you learn to work with others in school. And these teachers bring so much perspective and understanding that just transcends the notes on the page and how you play them, but how to listen and how to adjust and how to really consider what you're doing. You don't get that just really working on your own or, you know, I mean, a lot of what I've learned was self-taught. I had some great teachers, but I had periods where I was self-taught and I definitely learned just deeper things about music when I was working with a teacher. It's, it's interesting that you say that. I'm sure a lot of people that maybe aren't so musically inclined may, may think like, well, w- do you really have to practice that much? Is it that easy? Mar- Maria is notorious. There was a conversation she had with Don one time, and she was, she was saying about how much she loves music. She's never played an instrument, never even tried, but she loves it. And she, you know, she just loves bands that just get up there and play, and you don't even have to practice. And Don's <laughs> over there laughing. It's like, just because the blacksmiths are lazy and don't practice doesn't mean that everybody does it. I mean, you, a lot of people don't realize how much work it takes in order to, to, to master this craft. But even on the other side of it, there may be people that are, that are under the impression, like, well, you know, you may not have music in your school, but you can just start a band at home. Ace, let me ask you a question. How easy has it been for you to help start the Cottontown Soul Society? Was it something you could just put together in a week? Oh, it pretty much just fell together without any effort whatsoever. <laughs> and I think Shelly's been working on it since I met her. Well, let's put it this way. We, um, the, the, the official lineup, I will call it, we've had one show together. And then we have this show on the 31st, right? Right. And we've been a band since about this time last year. Right. And those will mark the only two times we've ever been in a room together. Right. <laughs> right. The, band, the band is trying to handle schedules and families and jobs and other gigs. Getting everybody together just doesn't happen. And so we've had to learn creative ways to practice in pieces and do arrangements because we've only ever been in the room together once, and right. that was 
on stage. And, and we're and we're adults, and we we're in more control of our time. We may not have as much free time as we had when we were young, but it, it does accentuate the point that it is hard to put something together. You're, you're not going to just you know, even in high school. I had a hard time putting bands. I'm I'm a, I'm a piano player. Nobody, I can't lug that thing around to somebody's like basement. You know, well, those are on casters. Just yeah, push right. it. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you. Come help me move that joker that's in there. <laughs> next time I got to move it. it. It is. It is very difficult. So for those people that I understand want to take maybe what they see as a pragmatic approach to this, it, it is almost impossible in today's day and age to really be able to learn what you can learn in, in, in a year of, of your own self teaching. You could learn. All of that and, pro- and and probably more playing with other people in a, an educational environment in a school where you might even have an opportunity to play instruments that you couldn't afford even on your own. That's the other thing. Like These are not cheap things to, to, to play. Oh, no, but I, I think one of the, the big values of formal music education versus self-teaching is that with music, there are a lot of right answers to the same question. There isn't just one right answer to any question. There's lots of ways to solve any kind of musical challenge. When you're trying to cope with a melody, when you're trying to you know, weave in and out of an existing melody, you know, the things that you want to overcome, there's not just one right answer. You want to bring yourself to it, and you're not going to just learn that off of a video or by practicing on your own. You're going to do that by really getting a deep knowledge and understanding of the music and understanding what the possibilities are and then seeing where you fit in with it. And I think that's that's something that you get from a formal education that you probably don't get just from picking it up on your own. So talk about the, the program itself. What, what are they wanting to accomplish? How are they working right now? Um, right now, they are they have a lot of facets where they are always actively recruiting teachers and they have, from what I understand, a good teacher community where there's a mentorship program so that you can learn how to execute their program and their curriculum, but have a lot of support for yourself while you're doing it. They have people who are uh, working with the schools and the administration so that they learn how to run those programs, how to make them sustainable. and then they have a lot of people, you know, working on the, you know, the, the fundraising, making it possible. And so it's a very diverse and growing community. And I wish I could remember. I know that they just hired a new executive director, and I can't remember what the details are. But if you go to ETM online, you can read all about the new director. Okay, gotcha. So education through mu- uh, through music in in its it, on the local level. What does it look like for? Um, a couple of guys like me and you that are that are in the school age that want to get involved with with music. What, what do they what do they provide for the two of us? Everything. So if you're a student in a school that has an ETM program, uh, they come in. They provide the teacher the curriculum. I believe the instruments. No kidding. I believe so. I'm sorry, ETM, if I messed that up, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but you're going did. to because we're going to raise a ton of money. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, but they they really they bring in a self-contained program that a school can then run because it, you're not using a bunch of school resources necessarily. Well, it doesn't sound like you're using school resources except for the room. I mean, they're providing the educator as well. Yes, and training them. 
and building a community of educators to make that sustainable. And that's some of the stuff that makes me excited about that it. Is this is isn't crazy. a like one and done. Wow, yeah. They're building a community of people that want to go out and make this happen. That is that's phenomenal that they're that they're doing that. That they're continuing with the training. So they're not just putting, hey, here's a program. We need somebody to come in and run it. Um, like most of your like girls basketball teams are run around town. Let me did, did I tell you the story? At no. my daughter's school, <laughs> I went to watch the game. I ended up becoming the coach that game. How'd you do? We lo- we lost the first one. We, uh-huh. we but we we but we played that team that we lost to. We lost to them ten to four, and we played that same team at the end of the year and beat them thirty two to six. Wow, came a long way. Came a I long way. Yeah. I was not expecting to be coach when I walked into the game, but, <laughs> but no, they, that happens. That can happen in, in schools. Like it'd say, "Hey, we need something. We've got a lot of kids that want to do this. Uh, who who wants to come in here? Here they are with not only providing the training, the possibly instrumentation, at least the resources that go into it, but providing the person who's going to essentially run it for the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a phenomenal thing. So, how about the, the schools? The schools that they pick. How do they pick those schools? Is it is it by um, schools that reach out to them? Is it by the community that reaches out to them and says, hey, we'd look for something here? Or do they strategically look and say, hey, here's an area that looks like they need something? How, how, how are those schools picked? I, I really wish I knew the details. Um, you know, they're in an area where a lot of public schools have, you know, lost that funding. Um, and they're just, you know, they're not able to focus on non-core uh, classes, but one of ETM's thing is to make music a core class. Be- and I personally believe that it is because I have seen statistics for the last 20 years about how music majors make better doctors, how people who study music make better computer programmers and developers because you understand a different way of thinking. You understand complex abstract thinking and you the interconnectivity of you know, abstract, complicated systems like a body or a bunch of computer programs. You learn that through music. And it that's what I think makes it so important and why it should be a core curriculum everywhere. And I think they recognize that too. And and that's what makes us aligned. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. So, so far, um, you've gotten involved with them through the marathon. Um, started raising money for them. Mm-hmm. How how is the financial uh, aspect of what you're doing coming along? Has it really started yet? Where where uh, can people get involved if they want to? What's the best way for somebody to get involved? Well, um, I could, there's a really long link that um, maybe is best if we well, put it on one of your so pages. So what we'll or? do is we'll post it on the web page and on the Facebook page. It'll be on the local bar media Facebook page. If you're looking for that, go there. We'll have it posted up. Yeah, because the uh, the fundraising, in order to use one of their bibs, because they have an agreement with the race, I assume they have to pay for these bibs. Yeah, Everybody sure. does. Um, and then they're allowed to have people raise money to run on those bibs, and I got one of those. So in order to run on that bib, I have to raise $2,500. However, in digging around on their website, what I learned was that to equip one classroom for the entire year, just everything, is $5,400. Okay. So that's my goal. Okay. That's my personal goal is let's get together. Everybody who's 
understands music education, everybody who's appreciative of the music education that they got, let's rally. Let's go ahead and put a new classroom into next year that didn't exist this year. Like, let's just jump in and do it. That is super cool. Absolutely. That's exactly what you should shoot for. That'd be amazing. And I think we can. Oh, yeah. I, I, I I believe you can. I can see I can see it happening now. I can see it happening now. That would that would be amazing. I mean, to, to, to be quite frank with you, five thousand dollars is not astronomical, and yeah. to, to think that that's all it takes for one of these programs to work for a year that also tells me that is something that is going to be sustainable. That's that's something that they'll, that they'll be able to do. I mean, you, you've we 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 just had an issue here in South Carolina. A lot of people. Are, are aware of it. Um, many people have sadly probably forgotten about it by now. But our, our teachers had a big rally day at the state house uh, because of a lot of issues. Uh, people, I think, misunderstood it about being about teacher pay. It was more about classroom sizes and resources yeah. and things like that. It's really neat to see a private entity come in and say, okay, g- listen, this is not working. We'll, we'll come in and, and take this over for you. I wish they could do it everywhere. The truth of the matter, though, is that 5000 or $5,400 a year that's not out of the no. realm of a true possibility for any anybody that would need that. And and I, I, I hate that they have to exist in the first place. I really do. Yeah. I hate that it's not part of what we have in schools. But after seeing the way we have so many mutual friends that are teachers. My mom was a teacher for 25 years. Um, it, it, it's I, I see the way that it's run. It's quite frankly just not going to be there. To see groups want to come up and make such a difference and see that it's an actual sustainable amount that's exciting like that that is it it takes it from being you know that's a that's a great pie in the sky idea ace i really love that you care that much but can you can you really do this i mean obviously they can so how long have they been doing this oh i believe was it 1991 when they started holy crap they've been on that long i believe so really Mm -hmm. wow that's fantastic so they are not new to this no no they they know what they're doing and and I think that's that's why they're successful at it. I'm sure that they, oh, they sure started with a couple of schools yeah, and yeah. and have built. But you know the the times that I have talked with them, like they really they know what they're doing, and not only well, it's a good metaphor too. They know intellectually how to get it done, and they care enough to do it. And isn't that a lot the musicians approach? You have to know the theory, but you got to bring your heart to it also or it's not going to be everything it can be. And so their organization really embodies the spirit of music and music education. That's amazing. Yeah, you're you're exactly right on that. Um success stories with them so far. Like where where are some areas or or some things that you've seen that they've really done a big job is is there like a school that um, when you're just kind of looking at what they're doing, you, you saw some, some, some cool things that happened. Um, for me, cause you know, of course I signed up for the newsletter immediately Yeah, yeah. and you get to see, they'll do videos of some of the school concerts. Oh, really? And, oh, that's cool. And seriously, follow them on Instagram because okay. they post almost every day and I look forward to that post all the time. And they'll have rehearsal shots and, you know, sometimes short videos. And it's just so exciting because it takes you back to that place where everything is so new and everything is wide open. And it's just, it's like a daily dose of inspiration. Some people may also be under the impression, and I I want to clear this up. I don't know how much you can clear this up, but um, 
I see this I see this uh, misconception come up with schools a lot. There are people that are probably thinking this is only in underprivileged schools. There are a lot of schools, though, in in a lot of areas that one of the first cuts they make is is oh. music. So while it may be heavier in underprivileged schools, this hits probably a good spectrum of a wide range of schools in both of these areas. Yeah, art, arts programs tend to be the first to go, just in in my limited experience. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, ETM does you know go after wherever the need is. So. It seems to be, you know, a lot of areas that don't have the money to support a program, that's where they're going to go put them in, and there's need everywhere. Gotcha, gotcha. So 26 miles for $5,400. Yeah. How does that break down? You have a calculator? I'm not a math guy. I'm a musician. What's wrong with you? I don't know this We can't stuff. count past four. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Man, I was the other day at band practice. Just Michael kidding. Michael Gooding looks right at me. He's like, well, all music's basically 4-4, four, four, right? Like, even, oh, no. even this, I can count that in 4-4. Four, four. I'm like, yes, you can, but you shouldn't, Michael. That's, that's what the, the, the deal is. What, um, before we get out of here, I'm, I'm curious. You're... you're um, You've been very successful. So you work in marketing. Ace has been, Ace is very, um, he is very artistic. You work in marketing. Um, you, you've been extremely successful. One of the first years I met you, you won some huge freaking award for all the marketers of South Carolina or something. You, uh, you, you, you wanted to downplay that in the microphone, but you know you can't because you know you won some big boy award. He's just as humble as you could be. He won't admit it, but he did. Um, you, you've, you've done some really amazing things with your career. But you spoke earlier about music and how it's important. The statistics say you're better doctors. But, you know, people find something in music. It is an outlet for some folks. Oh, yeah. It is um, the only means of money for some folks. We all we all look at music and we dance with her for, for a different reason. I, I'm curious whether it was back in high school, middle school, even elementary school, sometime in your in your adolescence. Where did music, give me a story of where music either really spoke to you, it did something for you, like it really reached in and pulled something out of you. Um, can I go back to my first guitar? Yeah. I think you're going to like this All right, one. let me hear it. Because honestly, I, there was, there's never been a time in my life that I didn't want to play guitar. I was hounding my folks probably as soon as I could speak that I wanted a guitar. I wanted a guitar. I couldn't get one. And... So, like, my, my father had an acoustic at his place, and I would strum on it, and I couldn't really get my hands around the neck. It was a full-size guitar, and I was just a child, right? Yeah. Well, fast forward a few years, and I'm, I guess, 12 years old. I've got my paper route, you know, and one of the kids around the corner from me, uh, his father was the defensive secondary court coach for the New York Giants. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So he's already the coolest guy on the block. Yeah. And no no worries by the way of you have you have more of a chance of his house getting shot up than the Giants winning a Super Bowl this year. But I bet they still won't get his house shot up. I'm just Giants are in a bit of a rebuilding yeah, phase, yes, yes, yes. you know, but that, that's another I, show. I had to get one Cowboys <laughs> knock in there somewhere. <laughs> I understand. And the Cowboys but, have been rebuilding since 1995. It's, it's quite okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so th he's already like the coolest guy on the yeah, block, right? Yeah. And he's a guitar player on top of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I go over to his house one day and, you know, 
I get to play an electric guitar for the very first time, which has a much smaller neck and those tiny little strings on it, and my hand fits, and you know the heavens open up and the light shines down, and I have to have one. Well, right on cue, there's another guy there who says, oh, well, I started playing bass, so I have this Les Paul copy that's sitting in my closet. What? I'll sell it to you today for 50 bucks. I said, stay right here. And I went home, and I said, Mom, this guy wants to sell me a guitar for 50 bucks. Can I buy it? And she says, no. So I pout like any 12-year-old right. will. Yeah, and I, sure. I go to my room where there's the money from the paper route, and I'm going, I got 50 bucks right here. So I go back to that guy with $50 in quarters. <laughs> Tips from my paper route. Right. And buy my first electric guitar. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I still have it, and it still plays. Do you really? Yeah, Is I had it? to restore it. I, uh, the neck broke, and we put a new neck on it, and we repainted it. My dad and I repainted it. My grandfather stenciled Ace on the headstock. It's super cool. Is it in your, is it in your music room? It is. It uh, hasn't been out of the case in a little while, oh, so you should come over. I, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah I got to see that. But it's, it still works. It's been completely rebuilt, but it still works. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. You also told me a story not long ago. This isn't in your adolescence. But um, you have a very lovely, lo- blah, 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 professional podcaster here. You have a very lovely wife, somebody that uh, both me and my wife absolutely love. Not that we don't love you, Ace. Mm. Uh, but Jamie is fantastic. Really cool, really cool. Love her to death. But the two of you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a guitar. Isn't that correct? Yes, if it wasn't for Elliot News guitar. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that Elliot from Elliot the Untouchables plays an integral role in our marriage because you know, we'd gone out on one date and then you know, chatted on the phone a little bit and the next weekend's rolling around and we're casually talking. There's a benefit show out on the other side of town and yeah, I think I might go drop in. She might be there with her friends and okay, well, if I'm there, I'll see you type of casual thing, right? Right. And, oh, who knows? We both show up. So we're hanging out, enjoying the band. And what I didn't know at the time is that Elliot is actually a harmonica player also. I didn't know that. Yeah. He blows a mean harp. Who knew? Uh. So he's there with two other harmonica players from his band in the opening act and decides hey, this would be fun if we could get three harps going at the same time, just need a guitar player. So, you know, there must be, I don't know, uh, probably a couple hundred, few hundred people in the room. And he leans into the mic and goes, hey, uh, I saw A7s in here earlier. Ace, why don't you come up here and play some guitar with us? So I immediately panic and then pull it together. (laughs) And I, I walk up to stage like this happens all the time. Right, yeah. This is uh, this is normal yeah. for me. Sorry, baby. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what I hope it looked like. That's right. And I get on stage and Elliot pulls <laughs> this guitar off. It's this giant, I don't know, big body epiphone. It's like furniture. It's huge. Hands me this thing and he goes, "Hey man, play the Booker T and the MG's thing in G." And he walks away. So I casually back up to his drummer, now your drummer, David Hunt. And I'm like, hey, uh, David, what's the Booker T and the MGs thing? <laughs> He's like, bum, bum, ba, dun, dun. I'm like, oh, I know that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, so we played that, jammed on that for a while, played a slow blues, ripped a couple solos. He took his guitar back, and I walked off stage, again, hoping that it looked like this happens all the time. Because, <laughs> like, 
Elliot made me the coolest guy in <laughs> town right. for two songs. <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> they were, I, I probably should have opened to it. They were the biggest band in town at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's funny about that is uh, I love that story, but nothing beats the first time I ever heard it, which was after you and I jammed together with a quick put together band and basically open for Elliot. That's right. We stand beside the stage. You tell me the story while Elliot's playing the very same guitar, and it looked like a dresser. That thing was the biggest. It did. It looked like it looked like he had gotten somebody's armoire and put strings on it. That's mm-hmm. a big freaking guitar. It's a big guitar. When people, yeah. are, when people are like, that's the Cadillac of guitars, they're talking about how nice it is. That's the Cadillac Whoa, the of guitars. That thing is as big as a freaking Cadillac. Yeah. I mean, if Elliot wasn't like 10 feet tall, I don't think he could play that thing. No. It's proportionate for him. Right. <laughs> the rest of us, dude. it's a little different. Yeah. He's a tall dude. Like He could have played with Patrick Ewing. Like He just yeah. looks like that kind of guy. Yeah. And dunked on him. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. yeah, probably so. Well, Patrick, the knees were bad after he got uh, older. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, Ace, listen. I number one, I'm, I'm excited about it. If he, if people um, want to, uh, if you if you're interested in it, again, our, our Patreon for June and July will go straight to this. 100 percent of it will. And thank you. That's incredibly That's, generous. It's no big deal. You don't know how small the Patreon is. By the way, uh, Patreon.com is where you can go to uh, slash local bars where you can go to support the show. Um, but um, we will also put together the hookup. On the local bar media page, I'll tweet it out a little bit as well. You can go there to find the connections for this. But Education Through Music is something that you should look up. It is a wonderful program. Uh, I can't say enough about what uh, music has done for me as a kid, how it helped form me in a lot of ways, how important it was for me as an outlet in some areas of my life, uh, how it brought me together through people. Quite frankly, some of the most important people in my life have been brought together uh, through through music. Uh, as a matter of fact, we wouldn't even be here today. As I, to be quite frank with you, this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for music in a lot of ways. So um, I appreciate, number one, as someone who has benefited through great and wonderful music programs throughout my life, I appreciate what you want to help give to other people Whatever we can do to support that is, is something that I, I am 110% behind. Um, and I appreciate not only the guy you are, but the the, the action you want to do here with this. So thanks for coming on and, and spreading uh, some some information about this today, opening up our, our eyes to the opportunity that's there for us to, to do something important. And, uh, yeah, and so I'm curious, I didn't even ask, what, what time are you shooting for in the, in the marathon? All right, so... Um my goal time is between 4.30 and 4.45. Okay. However, in case something goes wrong, I just want to beat David Lee Roth. Is he running in it? No, but he ran it a few years ago, and okay. I know what his time was. Okay. I think I can beat him. Do you get to be the fourth lead singer for Eddie for Van Halen if you, uh, if you, if you beat that? Nobody wants that. I was going to say, <laughs> if you come in last, you have to be the next lead singer for Van Halen. That's oh, no. I want the job. No one wants to hear me sing for Van Halen. <laughs> Apparently, you haven't seen how they treat their lead singers, but okay. I got gotcha. Uh Ace, listen, I appreciate it. Thanks again for coming on, man. We wish you the best of luck. Uh, between now and then, I'm sure we'll have plenty of updates. Might even have you back on again. Uh, but thanks again for, for coming on and spreading some love about this. Man. Hey, thank you, Chad. You got it, man.
Missouri so cold, valley so deep, and the walls are closing in. I can see it in their eyes, I feel like a rising tide, the gods of war of their demand. So take shelter inside your heart, steal yourself, cause this is the hardest part in. Off this mountainside and follow me, boys, to our doom. I make no promises, but if you cast your fears aside, and follow me, boys, to our doom. For those of you in the know about that song i actually i came across that by accident i just picked a song real quick uh ironically that song written by don merkel uh also has uh on that track shelly mcgee sydney mitchell mark rapp and andrew evans all with their personal and professional stylings on that uh ironically we talked about all of them tonight what a great conversation to have with with I mean, the, the the education through music program it, it really is a phenomenal group. You know their their whole idea of partnering with inner city schools to provide music as a core subject is such an important aspect in schools. A lot, a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, sure there are tons of people that participated in music programs in their school, and there's a lot that didn't. But it really does make a difference. I mean, they, they go out and they create partnerships with inner city elementary and middle schools. And that that gives them a, a comprehensive and se- sequential music education as a core subject for every child at their partner schools. That, that's an important thing. What's great is, the, is, is why they, they do it. Kids learn better when music is a part of their routine. It just there, there are tons of studies that will show you that. Um, the biggest thing is kids that are involved in, in the arts have, have higher grades and are less likely to drop out of schools. The, the ETM schools have, have seen an increase in math scores to students in other non ETM peer schools. The, the kids with disabilities in longtime partner schools earn higher math scores than their peers in other, other schools. It, there's no doubt that education through music promotes students' social and emotional and artistic development. There's no doubt to it. But in case some of you were wondering about a few numbers, they've got about 34,000 students. 20% of those students have special needs. 14% of those students are English language learners. 92 of those students, 92% of those students are students of color. $180 sponsors a kid for an entire year in a, in, a, in a program. 180 bucks. $5,400 is all it takes for one school to run a program for a year. $5,400. What Mr. Andrew Evans is going to earn. What he's going to raise. Music's been an important part of my life. 
I want you to think about it. Even if you haven't played an instrument, music's been a part of yours. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a favorite song. I mean, come on. You'll hear something pop up on the radio, and it takes you back to another time. Uh, the The human existence is connected through music in, in so many ways. We find it enthralling when we come across a style of music or even a new singer that we'd never heard before, and we love it. We find comfort in people we've been listening to for decades. They're almost like family to us. So why do we sometimes not realize it's so important to kids that may not have a family? It brings them together with people that are around them that they may not have anything else in common with. I I always loved what doing like music, being in band classes, uh, playing in different bands. I always enjoyed what that gave me. And it gave me an opportunity to walk in and have something in common with folks the moment we stepped in the door. I, I've talked about this before. As a kid, I grew up moving all the time. We always moved. I had to be the new kid in lunch more times than you would ever want to know. I hated it. There are parts of it that I, I'm glad uh, I've gotten through it. And, and that way of life wasn't something I hated. Don't get me wrong. It was being the new kid at lunch. That sucked. That's the worst. That is the worst, by the way. What I loved about music is instantly, if I was part of the band, if someone knew that I, I, I played the piano, somewhere music gave me the ability to introduce myself to other people and gave me some kind of credibility. It also brought me closer with people that outside of music, we had nothing in common and didn't hang out. But for the few hours that we were doing something together musically, we had fun. In a world that's so divided, programs that bring us together are the most important. When I went through my divorce, I felt very empty um, in a lot of areas of my life. Suddenly playing with the guys from Duncan Sims, uh, the, the cover band that I play in, um, brought me something I hadn't had in my life in 13 years. It brought me back to a part of me that I forgot was so important. I, I lived without music for 13 years as an adult, without performing, without it really being that big of a part of me. Nothing like it is now. My wife loves music. She loves it. It is, it is a part of us, not just because of the bands that I play in, but because of the bands that we go see, the music that fills our lives, the way that our daughters sing constantly. Music is a part of us. You don't, you don't have to be an instrumentalist to enjoy it or to understand the importance of it. None of you who is listening to this right now, none of you doesn't have a favorite song. None of you have gone a day without listening to some kind of music. None of you have been in a moment, even if you're camping in the middle of the woods where you didn't whistle or have a tune playing through your head. It is a part of us. It binds us like the force. I wish our schools offered everything in the world that our kids would need. They don't. 
I wish as a parent I could give my kid everything in the world that they need, and I just am not going to. I it, like I understand the reality of situations. What a wonderful, wonderful program that education through music is, though, where they've looked and said, we understand, too. So we're going to raise money and we're going to bring it to you. We are a private organization that's going to fill in where your public school system can't. That's beautiful. I love that. I think it's fantastic. I hate that they have to exist. I'm so thankful that they do. It's really cool. It's really cool when you see someone say, we need to make a difference. We're going to do this. And then there's Ace. Guy with a heart of gold, unlike most people I've ever met in my entire life. Ace Ace is a standout guy to me. Of all the thousands of faces that I've met and the names that I know and the shoulders that I've hugged, Ace stands above most of them. Because of the guy that he is. And for him to look at this and see, yeah, sure, I want to do this marathon. Okay, I'll do a charity. Oh, my goodness. This is why I'm here. Ace isn't just running for ETM because it gives him an end to the marathon. You know, in, in that way, it's a contractually great thing for both. Here, Ace gets the chance to run the New York City Marathon. ETM gets somebody who's going to come in and bring them in a bunch of money. And it works out for everybody. But that's not why Ace is doing it. Ace is doing it because it means something. And it means something to him that is important. And that's beautiful to me. I love that. Sure, Ace and I have a common bond in that. But just the fact that he is doing something that he highly believes in, I think is wonderful. The fact that he found it by accident is even more fantastic and a great story. But I would bet you dollars to donuts will be something that never leaves Ace for the rest of his life. You see, Ace Ace is a great guy for many different reasons. He's funny. He's incredibly talented. My Probably my favorite guitarist to hear play. He plays like freaking butter. I, I can't, that's the best way I can explain how Ace is on a guitar. I don't know, in, 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 yeah, I, I know he'll sit and say these other guitarists are, are better than him or these other musicians may be. And, and I, I've learned through the years, I know tons of guys that are phenomenal, but they aren't the ones I always want to hear. There, there's not a guitarist that plays like Ace. There's just not. Never met one. Love it. Um, but Ace is a good guy because of, because Ace's heart really is made out of gold. Ace wants people to be happy. He wants to succeed. Ace, probably the best compliment I could give Ace is Ace is very kind. And Ace understands where he can make a difference, and he's doing that here. You know, at the beginning of the show... We were joking about the coach for the Colts. It's a really scary situation, all kidding aside. I don't know if that was a case of mistaken uh, address. I don't know if that guy is caught up in something. We joked around about Billy Mays, but it's actually kind of a tragic story to, to see someone who is talented. Don't laugh at me. I actually believe he's a very talented guy. 
Um, it's tragic to see someone's life in so early. And we're all surprised sometimes, but one of the things we fail to see is the decisions that we make actually do catch back up with us. As we were kids, and I don't just mean in elementary school, but middle school and high school, and I'm sorry if you don't like it, but college kids too, because I'm sorry, guys, I love you to death. You're still kids. And, and, and I mean that in the most endearing way, but you are. I, I understand I was one too, all right? But those formidable years, there are decisions we make that sometimes we like to pass off and say, well, it's just, just us being kids. They'll grow out of it. Oh, there's a time and place and blah, blah. There's a time and place for everything. It's called college. Sure. I get that. I understand you. But the decisions we make come back around to us. I feel for that coach that had that kill squad show up at his door. I don't know what he's done in his life to get him in that kind of predicament. I hope he finds his way out of it. I hope no one's hurt. But the decisions that we make, as simple or as quick as we think they may be, can ruin everything. These kids that need a program, that need something, the ETM is giving it to them. And music and the arts are so very important. Again, if you don't believe me, tell me the last time you didn't hum a song in your head when you went an hour without hearing music. It's undeniable that it's an important force in the human existence. But music also teaches us that very lesson. Sure, you can make mistakes, but it'll come back around to haunt you. Yeah, you may not know exactly what you're supposed to do. Heck, maybe it says 72 bars of vamping. But you, you learn how to put a song together. Music has taught me how to put a life together. I... I miss the days of playing at the beach. Matt Cunningham and the guys sitting around the piano. I miss those days in Charleston. I love the fact that I play nowadays, but there'll be a day that I miss hitting Foxfield. Going down and playing in Park Circle with the blacksmiths. There'll be a day that I sit back and look on that fondly and I miss it. And I'm so appreciative that it's a part of my life now. There's music that got me through hard times. There's music that was written in hard times that no one will ever hear. It is a it is a wonderful thing to have in your life and something that shouldn't be overlooked. And for kids today, for kids today, you know, we live in a world that wants to be more divided every dang day. We talk all the time about what we're going to do for our kids in schools. We complain about tax money that really comes from our hands but is out of our hands when we want to spend it. And someone comes along and says, I got an idea for you. Education through music, you have my attention. I will tell you that. I hope they have yours. 
if anything, understand that if you really want to make a difference, it's a lesson that I've learned from my wife over the past two years. If you really want to make a difference, there's a cause out there for you. You can find it. It's waiting for you to sign up. Maybe all you have to do is hit a search bar and put something that you want to make a difference in in there. And one of the most magical things may pop up, but none of it will ever be found if you don't just go look. You got to go look. I promise you the opportunity is there. I'm thankful that Ace found this. We all needed to hear it. We all need to know they exist. We all could take a lesson or two from Ace. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll put all the information up over all the Local Bar Media page on Facebook, and we'll try to throw it up on the website as well, localbarmedia.com. Chad at localbarmedia.com is where you can reach me. Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a Local Bar Media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.